Welcome in to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide athletics. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and joined with me for the first show of 2021 is staff writer Joey Blackwell, here to dive into Steve Sarkeesian and his departure from the capstone to Austin, Texas. Early look ahead, we're a week away now from the Ohio State matchup in the national title game and to talk a little bit of Alabama hoops after knocking off number seven, Tennessee. Here's Joey Blackwell. Joey, how's it going? And you, you having a good start to your 2020, 2021? <laughs> yeah, doing all right. I only had, I, uh, had, a, had a, most of the day off yesterday, so that was enjoyable, and now uh, ready to get things started. Going to have a really busy week in front of both of us uh, getting ready for this Ohio State game, but can't wait to cover it and can't wait to make the trip down to Miami. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, Joey, and you know who will be making the trip, but more than likely not making the trip back with the team is uh, Steve Sarkeesian, right? He takes the Texas job uh, on Saturday morning. This, Joey, was like a thief in the night, right? So, from my understanding, Steve Sarkeesian in Alabama, we, we, we knew that he turned down the Auburn job. Then he was in talks with Alabama about getting a new contract. Um, we knew it was upwards, you know, of the $3 million mark. We, we, we had that up on our site and then, you know, weeks ago, apparently Texas people reach out to Steve Sarkeesian's people. And this whole was kind of like this backdoor, you know, behind the scenes, um, really effective coaching search. Right. And it was weird because Texas, the AD, Chris Del Conte, he, you know, he had given a vote of confidence to Tom Herman. Uh, for 2021 and and then once they realized hey they worked some stuff behind the scenes and they realized they could get a guy like Sark and you know this offensive mastermind then it was like okay we're gonna pull the trigger and they they did it so effectively and they did it how they they they, they ran a coaching search like a a storied and historic program um should do it right there was no circus show there was no none of that it was we pinpointed our guy we went out and we got him and that's really good for the Longhorns. Um, now Alabama is is in search after this title game against Ohio State, in search for a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, and the fir- the first thing you mentioned was what I was going to point out. You know, I, I feel I feel very bad for you know the one person that should feel bad about this aside from Alabama fans is Tom Herman. I mean, poor guy. I mean, he's a he's a you know Texas guy. He went to school there. Um, very big Texas guy and. Um, you, you know he has to be, feel betrayed after being given that vote of confidence just a few weeks back. Of course, we don't know. He might have known that he was actually being um, pushed out the door after their bowl game, a bowl game where they um, beat Colorado by a pretty hefty margin. Um, but feel really bad for Tom Herman, but at the same time, um, happy for Sarkeesian. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he deserves this this job. Um, he's done an excellent job at Alabama, but his uh, his skills of the offense, you know, he's – given Alabama two of its best offensive years in program history. Um, so he definitely will be missed in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and it's time for, you know, and, and think, first, he, he is going to be with the team, going to be coaching the team in the title game. Uh, my, you know, my initial reaction to that is, is this team has been so focused all year. I don't see this being a distraction because, 
I don't think Sark would let it be a distraction. More importantly, I don't think Nick Saban would let it be a distraction. And I, I think, you know, they're they're focused more than ever. And it's this final week where Sark can focus everything on Alabama. And then once the clock hits zero, whether Alabama wins or loses, if they win, they, he can celebrate a little bit. But then it's, hey, we, we, you know, you got to hit the ground running in Texas. No, you do. And, and I think he absolutely will. Um, you know, he's he made some – Sarkeesian, you know, is is – unfortunately known for a lot of mistakes he made in the past at at, at at multiple schools and he's really moved on from that he's done a great job at Alabama I think he's been um, literally and figuratively rehabilitated at Alabama under Nick Saban um, I think he's going to do a, a fantastic job at Texas I think he's going to be a solid recruiter there um, I think he's going to build an excellent staff um, and um, the only thing I worry about is yeah, you know he he has he has the knack for going to schools where there's a lot of pressure from fan bases, and that that comes along with you know he's coached at some pretty major schools, including of course USC, and Texas is is the same. You know they have a very um, rabid fan base, just like Alabama, and there's really high expectations that go with a big program like that. Um, so hopefully he can uh, hit the ground running and get something going in these next few few years. And you know Big Twelve needs to watch out for Texas. And you know, one thing we gotta, we gotta, we, you know, if Alabama fans need to kind of worry about now is, is Sark gonna take any guys with him? Is he gonna take any guys off his staff right now in this Alabama? Because we've seen that in the past, right? We've seen kind of like Kirby Smart took Mel Tucker um, and some other guys, and, and Jeremy Pruitt took a couple guys too. Um, but you know, Nick Saban, where does, where do, you, I mean, where do you think he turns to now, Joey? Do you think he kind of promotes someone in house? Does he go to the NFL and find somebody? Where, where where do you kind of look if you have any couple names out there? Uh, you you give me those and then I'll I'll, I'll give you mine. <clears throat> well, the first name that is not going to Texas with with Steve Sarkeesian, you would think it wouldn't be Charlie Strong. <laughs> Charlie Strong will most likely be staying in Tuscaloosa. He's been he's been there, done that with Texas. Um, I, if he was if Saban was to promote anybody in house, I think it might be Charlie Strong to the offensive coordinator position. Do I think that's realistic? Uh, probably not. I think he's going to go somewhere else. Um, I think Charlie Strong would would be happy there at the analyst position. But who knows? You know, he could promote him up, um, at least in an interim position, maybe. But um, for for now, you know, there, there's there's some names floating around there. But I'm interested to hear your list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh... So yeah, Charlie. You know he's he's a defensive analyst. Um, so you know sticking sticking with somebody inside inside on that offensive side of the ball. Um, Tino Sinceri is a guy that um, is a guy that's really young um, and a guy that Alabama loves. And I think you know he, I'm not going to say he's probably in line for that, but I'm thinking he might he might he might be you know he might be fielding an interview, getting maybe potentially getting the call. I think Alabama needs to look more toward Ole Miss. Uh, there's Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss. Um, what what they've done, what he's done under Lane Kiffin, what he did at UCF when UCF was dominating was unbelievable. He's only 35 years old. Um, I think a guy like Kendall Browles over at Arkansas. Um, I, I you know, and I think Hugh Freeze is somebody. You know, people have talked about Alabama fans have talked about. I don't know if Hugh Freeze wants to take an offensive coordinator position. I still think he loves being a head coach and I think he wants to be back to be back to the SEC. I also think Alabama could go the NFL route. I think a guy like Joe Brady up with the, with the Carolina Panthers. I think, you know, he's worth a phone call. I think he's worth a look at. I think um 
I think Phil Longo, the guy at North Carolina, they're they're what they've done offensively. I think I think Nick Saban, in my opinion, has got to go young and he's got to go bright offensive mind that that's willing to open it up and, and to and to get the ball to the explosive playmakers because you look at the recruiting class, they're really similar. They built to um what Alabama's offense is now. And you've got Bryce Young, who's the you know potentially going to be the next starter after Mac Jones. Um, you want to get somebody who can, who can who you know who fits his play style, right? Um, I felt like in 2017 with Brian Dayball, uh, he wasn't the greatest Alabama offense coordinator, but he, you know he obviously wasn't an NFL guy. That's he's doing great with the Bills um, because he's kind of got some players that can fit his scheme, like a Josh Allen, big time arm. Um, but you got to get like a Michael Oxley, a St- another Steve. So you got to get you got to get a young mind, right? You got to get someone who um, is fresh. And I think a guy like Jeff Levy, Phil Longo, if that were Nick Saban were to choose, I, I think those are kind of the guys you look to and point to. No, I think Levy is an excellent fit. Um, I think it will be probably pretty difficult to pry him away from what he's doing with Lane Kiffin there at Ole Miss. Um, but you know, with Alabama, we know that money is no object when it comes. I mean, we. we for Pete's sake, we were talking about them negotiating with Sarkeesian for, you know, over an over $3 million a year when he was already the highest paid assistant coach in college football. So, um, and sorry about the, at the, about the Charlie Strong mistake. For those that don't know, it is really early right now. And uh, just I forgot that he was a defensive analyst, not offensive. That's, that's, on, that's on me. But, but, the, but going back to it, no, I think Levy's an excellent fit. I think Joe Brady would also be a great fit. You know, after seeing what he was able to do with Joe Burrow at LSU um, and win their 2020 National Championship, obviously. Uh, he did a great job with Ed Orgeron there. Um, and once again, with with money being really no object at Alabama, it, it's really it's going to be interesting to see what big names they can put into this coaching search. I'll, t- I'll tell you one guy that – Maybe hold hold your horses on, and that's Major Applewhite. He just took the job at South Alabama offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, uh, with Kane Walmack from Indiana coming down and taking that job. Mobile Major Applewhite, right? He was Alabama, He was out. He was just on Alabama staff uh, as an offensive analyst. He was Nick Saban's OC in 2007. I think he's another guy to look out for. I, I think um, AJ Milwee is kind of a dark horse in all of this um, as a guy who remember when Nick Saban was out because of COVID, they promoted this guy to the offensive side of the football on the field, the coaching staff. And he's a guy who just took the offensive coordinator job at Arkansas State with Butch Jones. So maybe Nick Saban tries to pry one of these two guys back. Um, but I think, I think to be honest with you, it's a little too early to really get a sense because I think Nick Saban's got so many options he can go to. And because it is Alabama, none of these guys would be like, okay, I'm not listening. But because it's Alabama, everybody's going to listen. And you've really got a shot at everyone. Yeah, sorry. And I also think that um... – I also think that that this is something that people are going to throw names out there. Oh, Alabama's looking at this guy. Oh, Alabama's looking at this guy. I don't think that any rumors we hear over the next week are very will be very viable. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like Nick Saban is not focused on getting a new offensive coordinator right now. He's solely focused on the game next Monday against Ohio State, as he should be, as should everybody. And Let's all hope and pray that Sarkeesian is also still 100% focused. We know that in the past that's been a problem with with um, coordinators that have left Alabama um, or have had jobs set up for after national championship games losing focus, which is understandable. Um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody remains focused and uh, <laughs> we don't hear any more names being batted around until after next Monday. 
Yeah, and two, I mean, there was rumors Bill O'Brien, right, was in Tuscaloosa on Sunday. Uh, the former Houston Texan coach, former Penn State coach, former Patriots assistant, uh, and Adam Gase just got fired as well from the Jets. You know, he's another guy, offensive mind, that, uh, that you know, maybe potentially Alabama could turn to. So there, there's going to be a lot of names pop up. Uh, take a lot of things with a grain of salt um, over the next week before Alabama takes on the Buckeyes. Joey, switching over to what we saw in Dallas, Texas, or Arlington, excuse me, uh, in the Rose Bowl, the most unusual on Rose, Rose Bowl of all time. Uh, it was the usual suspects, right, uh, in the most unusual Rose Bowl. It was Mac Jones, it was Najee Harris, it was Devontae Smith, dominating Notre Dame to a 31-14 to victory. And now, you know, you know, everybody knows what happened in that game. We're not going to get too much into that game, but... Ohio State Clemson is what shocked me on on Friday. You know, just seeing Ohio State just dominate. They dominated that game, right? I mean, nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw Justin Fields throw six touchdown passes. No one saw Trey Sermon running for, you know, almost 200. No no one saw this coming, uh, especially after the shot that Justin Fields took to the ribs. We don't know his health. We're going to know more about it Monday afternoon. Um, it To me... It's just kind of uh, it's it's kind of a game where you just look back and you say, wow, that that was an historic performance from Justin Fields, um, and he's going to have to really try hard to replicate that if he wants to beat Alabama. Yeah, it's a good thing the Heisman vote was already over because if the Heisman vote was the day after those playoff semifinals, Justin Fields might have been the one walking away with it. He had an incredible day, twenty-two for twenty-eight. He threw for almost four hundred yards, and of course those those six touchdowns you were mentioning. Um, really great effort by him. You know, he's he was really college football's player of the week this past weekend. Um, and just outstanding performance from him. And, you know, a little bit intimidating heading into next Monday. You know, we were, um, I think we, as, as well as most of the country, were expecting Clemson to kind of uh, uh, pull it out. It might have been close, but everybody was expecting another Alabama-Clemson rematch, the national championship game. But credit to Ohio State. Um, they did an excellent job, and, you know, it was going to be a, Another, you know, Alabama hasn't played Ohio State since the first ever playoff when uh, Ohio State, of course, beat Alabama in the in the in the Sugar Bowl um, several years ago. So, um, looking forward to it. I mean, it's, this is a uh, you know two top two top five programs in the country going at it. So, I'm really looking forward to to seeing this matchup that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and and every Alabama fan remembers the run down the heart of the South. Zeke Elliott uh, icing that game down in New Orleans, and, uh, and and you know, and just Cardell Jones dicing up the uh, the Alabama secondary that game. I mean, everybody remembers that. And so this is a time. This is technically a revenge game for Nick Saban. You know, uh, not many people were on that team. You know, I mean, nobody, no player was on that team. Uh, but in terms of coaching, it, it was Nick Saban and uh, Nick Saban only. So this is a revenge game for Nick, uh, and we know his record in these games. So uh, he's got a little bit of history on his side, Joey. And, you know, one thing just early look at, because we're going to have a preview podcast with Buckeye now of SI uh, previewing this game. And to me, Joey, it just all depends on Justin Fields, man. Like, it, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to know more about his health later on Monday afternoon. But if he's not healthy, and he's going to play no matter what, there's no, there's no doubt about that. He is going to play. But when Chris, if Christian Barmore gets to him, if Chris, Chris Allen gets to him, and they put all their weight on him, they sack him. I mean, that's just going to frustrate him, and, and you know maybe even make that injury worse. That's what I'd be worried about if I was a Ohio State fan. 
And if Alabama can just dial up some different blitzes and get to him, I think they've got a great shot at controlling this game from start to finish. Well, the key to this matchup is definitely going to be the Alabama's defense versus Ohio State's offense. I mean, and and <clears throat> against Notre Dame, Alabama's defense was 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 not <laughs> to put it lightly. They didn't allow Notre Dame to put up very many points on the board, but they did allow Ohio, they did allow Notre Dame, excuse me, to have 375 yards on offense against Clemson, who has a very good off uh, good defense. Ohio State was able to put up 639 total yards on offense. Um, which is something to be concerned about if you're an Alabama fan. Um, this is a very, very good offense, and Justin Fields is, is obviously a key part of that. But if his injury, but you're absolutely right, if his injury is still bugging him or if it's aggravated even worse, things could get bad for the Buckeyes real quick if Justin Fields is having is, is to be taken out of the game. Um, of course, he'll, he'll play for sure, but I'm talking about in the game. If he's having to take out because his injury is aggravated or made worse, um, that could get real bad real quick for Ohio State. But that being said, we saw what he was able to play through against Clemson in a in a terrific effort on his part. So um, it's almost as if he got even better <laughs> when he was hurt. Maybe it's because he wanted to get off the field every time he was out there quick. But um, though it should be it should be a lot of fun. Joey, kind of switching over to the hardwood man. It was a great weekend for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama and Nate Oates and company, they knock off number seven, Tennessee, 71 to 63 in Knoxville, getting the first true road win over an AP top 10 team in nearly 17 years. Just wow. The biggest win of the Nate Oates era, the defensive effort, uh, especially in the first half and throughout the game, right? I mean, the o- Alabama outplayed Tennessee. The only the only stat where they didn't really outplay them was field goal well, was was free throws attempted, which means Tennessee was getting a lot more foul calls uh, going their way. But Alabama was able to overcome that, and you know, just John Petty, seven of eight, nineteen points, four of four from deep. Uh, really great performance from him. Quinterly off the bench. I think Quinterly's really found him a good spot. Uh, just where, 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 what can Alabama, what's, what's next for the Crimson Tide um, as they carry this momentum um, from Tennessee into the Florida game? <clears throat> well, Alabama's in the middle of an absolute gauntlet right now, you know, starting SEC play. First they had Ole Miss, now Tennessee. Now they move on to play the only other, only other undefeated team in the SEC in, uh, <laughs> in Florida. Who would have thought that starting the season Alabama would be one of two undefeated teams in the conference, um, at, in, in conference play? Um, but excellent effort from them. Petty Petty had a great night. You know, he had 17 points and six rebounds. Um, you know, he also had two assists in that game. It was it was just a it was just a great game to watch. You know, Alabama was able to leap out to a to a, a pretty sizable lead with a run to start the first half when their threes um, started started sinking. Um, it's a great effort from them. It was it was one of the most complete games I've seen Alabama play. Um, since Oates since Oates came to Tuscaloosa, and it really was his first big win. I mean, beating a top ten program on the road, uh, first game of the year. You know, they had that opportunity last year um, at Florida in a very similar situation, but came up just short. Um, and it was good to see. It's, it's just a perfect example to show how this program has grown under Oates in a year, um, especially after you know a uh, one of the one of the tougher non conference schedules um, in the league. Um, which and Alabama starting off the season seven and three. I mean, seven and going seven and three through your first ten games is not too shabby. Um, if they can keep up this momentum, if they can play like they did against Tennessee for the rest of the year, yeah, that's going to be very very straining on this roster. But it is a deep roster. 
But if they can play like they did against Tennessee, they're going to have they're going to have some more top twenty five wins heading into heading into the indeed heading into March Madness. It would not surprise me if this team makes March Madness for the first time in 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 what seems like a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, not necessarily a long time, right? I mean, Colin Sexton year was was the first year, but but this but the reason why I think Joey that Alabama was able to win this game is because of their tough non conference schedule. And all these fans out here that wanted to say, man, oh, I, we had so many high expectations. Oh, they're not fulfilling those expectations. Guess what? You can't put football expectations on the basketball team. You you, you can't do that. You can't do that. Um, this team, I, I know me and you both have been on this about, hey. This team, you know, they needed chemistry. They needed time to gel. They needed some moments to figure it out. And guess what? That Western Kentucky loss, that Stanford loss, that Clemson loss, all that right there mixed together built them to go on the road to beat a number seven Tennessee team. They found some chemistry. They're finding a better rotation. Quinterly off the bench, he, that's why I said he's getting into a more comfortable spot there. Um, and, and it's really it's really exciting. It really is exciting to see this team. And I'll tell you what, Joey, the Tennessee game means a lot, but it only means something if you're able to beat Florida on Tuesday night. And uh, and, and if Florida's a team Alabama hasn't beaten over a decade in home. When Florida comes to Tuscaloosa, the Gators have, haven't, haven't lost to them in over a decade. So Alabama's got to break some history there on Tuesday night, and I think they'll do it. Um, but this team rounding into form quite nicely, especially John Petty after his one-game suspension. Finally, Joey, Tuesday night is going to be a really special night for the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Heisman Trophy Ceremony. Two finalists, Devontae Smith and Mac Jones. Devontae Smith is the front runner. He has the highest betting odds. Um, he is the likely winner. Uh, just, Joey, just uh, give, give me your prediction on uh, the top four, the order of finish. Well... I got Devontae Smith number one. You know, we, we've talked about him for quite a while now as the most electric player in college football. You know, he's the best f- player in college football at his, at his position, definitely, and, and really at any position. He's done an excellent job. I think he he walks out of there out of Tuesday night with the Heisman. Um, I think Mac Jones finishes probably second. Um, I have Trevor Lawrence at three and, and, and Kyle Trask at four. Um, Kyle Trask, of course, didn't perform well in – in the, against Oklahoma, but of course that doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, the Heisman voting was before all these bowl games, so if people are thinking that any of these create last-minute surges, that is incorrect. Um, the Heisman voting has been done for for quite a while before the, all these bowls. But yeah, I have Devonte Smith one, Mac Jones two, I have Trevor Lawrence three, and then but and then Kyle Trask four. But honestly, Lawrence and and, and Mac could be flip flopped. It wouldn't surprise me if Lawrence was able to garner enough votes based off his stellar career at Clemson to be number two, but that's who I got. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this. Devontae Smith is my winner. Where I've gone back and forth is I, I think Tre- I think Trevor gets to number two. Mm-hmm. I think Trevor I think Trevor gets to number two. I think Mac is three, and I think Trask is four. Um, as much as we all want to see Alabama go one and two, I think it's going to end up being Devontae Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Cal Trask. Well, I but, think a lot of that has to do with, you know, if I, th- I feel like a lot, a lot of voters, if I were a voter, I feel like I would be conflicted between Devontae Smith and Mac Jones. And um, I feel like if that most people probably chose Devontae, and I honestly think that would probably hurt Mac, which is which it, it would make sense if he were to drop to three in that scenario. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be another exciting night for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing Florida at six o'clock at Coleman Coliseum. 
and then the Heisman ceremony, which will uh, come on at seven o'clock, I believe, seven o'clock central, eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, and, and, you know, and then, but, but the reality is, is they're not going to announce that they're going to announce that around eight o'clock, you know, toward the end of the show, they'll do this hour long show. It'll be virtual. But, uh, when Alabama Florida is wrapping up, uh, fans can just turn over to ESPN and, uh, and, and see, and see their guys, you know, up for, up for college football's biggest award. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a historic week. If Alabama can open the week, if Alabama can beat Notre Dame, can also beat out, beat Tennessee, which they did in basketball and win the Heisman, beat Florida, and then potentially close it out with a national championship game next Monday. It could be one of the greatest weeks in Alabama athletics we've seen in quite some time. Yeah, it's actually, I, I was wrong. It's actually at 6 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. So same time as the tip of the Florida game. So Alabama fans will have to be flipping through the channels a lot, doing uh, some, some, some uh, channel surfing uh, to, 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 to see both uh, things going on at the same time. But, Joey, thanks again for coming on here, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me on and looking forward to talking to you next week um, right before the national championship game. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, that's Joey Blackwell. I'm Tyler Martin, and this has been another edition of the All Things Bama podcast. Thank you for listening, and have a great week.